Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Sahar Ataripour and Francois Oustry of Suzugia. Suzugia is a London-based startup with ambitions to cover the whole gamut of the alternative data space, from creating signals to ultimately investing in them as a hedge fund. In our conversation, Sahar and Francois and I pick through Suzugia's unusual business model and how their algorithm with humility was able to spot a COVID disaster where more hubristic ones failed. The idea was from the beginning that there is um, so much data available. Um, There is uh, obviously the only thing that there is no shortage of today um, is data and more specifically in finance, um, market data and financial, uh, financial data. And um, there are so many different ways to kind of like um, uh, cut through the noise and try to um, kind of like get the type of data that you actually need, um, which essentially what it does in the end, it um, kind of compromises the accuracy of the uh, of the outcome. And we were thinking um, by introducing some other sources of the uh, exogenous sources of um, data, and making them talk to quantitative models. So there is so much merit to obviously to them, all different types of um, um, quantitative models. And we were thinking, um, what is the most logical way of incorporating these two? Um, kind of like um, embed them, embed exogenous sources of data into the quant model, uh, translate them into um, kind of like n- numerical um, data uh, in order to bring that sort of like resilience and the preparation that uh, Francois referred to, um, uh, for example, for, for flying drones or, or uh, landing aircraft in trouble or in turbulences, um, in order to create some sort of like a, a concrete base. Um, for always being prepared and not um, paying all the um, heavy price of uh, insurance for too long uh, prior to anything um, uh, unpleasant happening. So we started thinking it's a whole process of decision making. Obviously, like generally speaking, as, as you know, um, there are two types of um, companies in this um, space. One are the data providers. Um, who do all of these things, prepare all of these data, and then they just um, sell them um, to different consumers of this data, which are the ones which are the uh, typical hedge fund um, managers or asset managers of this world. Um, They may or may not embed them into models that are built um, fundamentally on a different kind of like types of assumptions. Um, so um, creating one smooth, integrated um, system that is basically embeds these type of information next to each other um, in, in, a, in a coherent way was something that we wanted to do. We wanted to be that type of hybrid player in this industry that is not only generating their own data, um, handling it, cleaning it, analyzing it and embedding it into a model and generate the um, output, um, which is an investable signal ourselves from the beginning to the end, which is um, even today, many years later, it's quite a rare kind of like animal to find 
in the industry. We are generally like we, we everyone who wants like who wants to know exactly what we do from like um starting point they either want to put you in a bucket of data providers or in the bucket of the those data consumers we are none of the two you're all of the two you're all of the two in a way yeah you're, true you're, you're you're the um you provide your own date you create your own date are you well i mean let's dig into that but uh, you're you're saying that you're a data provider and um and i and i think you're going to say that you um also extract the signal in it as well and find the find the value and um I think you're also going to say that your 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 the plan is to invest it as well. So it's all a kind of closed closed circle of of kind of a hedge fund which makes its own data and and then eats it type thing. Um, Precisely. Yeah. So um. So well, let's focus then a little bit on those on those parts. So when you say you're creating the data or you're a data provider or or or, or you know you're at that end of the chain, how does that how does that look? Well, we, we've got two um, separate parts of this entire thing, like as a starting point. There are two separate parts. One is um, the part that comes from the exogenous sources. Um, today, we only use text um, as, as the source, the main source of this data. And then what we've done um, kind of like as, as um, the novelty of this thing is that this data is... Um, handled in a different way um, that uh, the majority of the players in the industry do. Most of the people, so when, when I, I, I'm trying to avoid the use of the word news because um, I am, it, it immediately kind of makes you think of um, sentiment analysis, looking at the news and reacting to it. We wanted to go one step before that. We wanted to be prepared for that earthquake or for that turbulence. So um, what we designed essentially is that to use the text, which comes not in um, not initially from the news, but initially comes from um, a huge corpus of um, information, which is which could be deemed as knowledge. So it's books, it's patents, it's reports from um, on bias sources, like if IMF reports, um, central bank reports, all of these things are deemed as knowledge, something that is unbiased. And it's like a basic of like a, any discretionary team would know this inside out. But the beauty of this being done by a machine is that the machine can like has absolutely no limit in reading and understanding all of these things. And we will get to the definition of what we mean when we say reading and understanding. But essentially that we have trained a brain who knows who's gone to the best universities, who's read everything that there is to the fundamentals. And then every week we update this knowledge. So it continuously stays up to date. And then that is our guiding kind of light through the news so we we filter through the news in a way that we use two different components into in in this entire ecosystem and one of them is the semantic proximity of things and the other one which is quite um special to 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 us is um causality so um it looks through the noise of the news via using these two notions which makes it kind of like it gives it an, a little bit of a forward-looking edge which helps not only what has happened today so it it cleans the entire noise of okay what Elon Musk has said on Twitter or um what whatever is the news today is kind of like following a momentum strategy right well it's we are not high frequency everything is um that has made the headlines it has been already the chances are very very um high that it has already been priced right so what we want to see is that what has happened today 
looking into the fundamentals, what can it cause tomorrow? What can it cause? What can it trigger in the near future? And that's what we capture by maintaining this knowledge always up to date and understanding all the causality relationships um, amongst different themes that exist in the world uh, of finance, economy, technology, even geopolitics. Um, all of these things play a very important role. So just put it very simply, is that kind of like emerging a very good um, kind of without limits um, discretionary team um, with a um, um, systematic team that actually comes later into into our decision-making process, investment decision-making process. So that's how we start the using the exogenous part. Got it. So the data, just to summarize a little bit, the data is kind of everything which which is open source it's it's an awful lot of you know uh, as you say um published articles and also published kind of academic pieces and just everything that is available online i would think which is which is you know everything um and with that you've built a uh, a model you've built a, an algorithm you've built a, a, a kind of functioning tool which both measures proximity and that's familiar because you've got knowledge graphs which would be like okay henry the eighth king wives you know those three will be close to each other because they were semantically similar so then mm -hmm. you can start building a knowledge graph of all of these all of these ideas and all of these factors but the interesting and unusual bit is the fact that you've added the um causality so can we talk a little bit about causality? What does that mean? How do you measure it? Um, what 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 is that? That's kind of it's a little bit your secret sauce. This um, so so obviously as much as you can say about it. But but what's the idea behind it? Maybe I can take the, this one. Too. Yeah. Um, so the yeah indeed um, it's all about creating our own knowledge graph, and in in the. Um, a list of, of key ingredients, uh, of course, the source uh, are keys because it's, if you like sending, as I was mentioning, sending your kids to the best universities, you want the teachers, the books, the source to be independent and, 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 and reliable. Um, then we built uh, this huge uh, graph where each node is a concept, a concept that can be uh, itself composed of different words like interest rate, inflation, break-even inflation, and treasury auctions. This type of um, combination of words are independent concepts. So we end up with uh, uh, millions of, of, of concepts. And then there is, uh, in this graph, so we use a lot of graph theory, um, each node is connected to all other worlds with more or less intensity. And there is a distance. You mentioned, Mark, this uh, semantic distance, which is has been uh, popularized indeed by the Google and, and the Facebook and all the, um, say, uh, new technology uh, investing a lot in natural language processing. So uh, this is part of the technology that we use, but we have our own proprietary uh, coding of uh, the vectors that represent words. And on top of this proprietary uh, uh, dimension reduction, in fact, that's what we use to save memory uh, and also uh, increase the speed of the algorithm. On top of that, indeed, we, we add some important components. The first one is causality, and it's from uh, also a semantic point of view. 
because we believe that uh, we use, and maybe we'll talk about it later, we use also a lot of, of course, financial data, but that's more for the financial engineering and, that, and the, the, the smart insurance to be triggered at the right time that uh, Saha was referring to as well. Um, so the semantic component is where we believe uh, there is the most alpha and also the most uh, uh, persistency. And causality is much more persistent than um, correlation. Uh, quantitative correlation in the usual sense. And the causality captured via uh, semantic, uh, I would say, hints that could be simple words like because, uh, hence. Uh, so from weak to strong causality, we have, we have our own, I would say, dictionary of, of uh, hints of causality, signs of causality. And each time two concepts are mentioned in a sentence where there is a, a strength and a score of causality, then there is a, a, an information that is coded on, on the edge, linking, connecting these two nodes. So once you have this huge graph with millions um, of, of concepts uh, that are uh, connected together, you can see that as a big telecommunication network. And some nodes, you realize that some nodes play an important role. So currently, obviously, uh, um, words like tap tapering, yields, um, yield curve steepening, they are at the uh, a hub in terms of not only and not that much popularity, but even more uh, causality in terms of potential impact on different asset classes. So okay. these hubs, just to just to just to drill on that quickly, the causality thing. Then, just to give an example, then a so enough times in the past interest rates have gone up and stock prices have gone down that you your algorithm has seen um read every word that's ever been written and has said that um you know and every time it said stock prices went down because interest rate interest rates went up then it's made that inference made that connection and so next time interest rates go up, it will um, say stock prices are likely to go down because, you know, that's just the most basic yeah, example. In fact, it's a very good, very good example and a tricky one because, um, in fact, before this fear of tapering, the relationship was the reverse, meaning um, essentially quanti in the quantitative easing world, uh, when the, the Fed was uh, or in the central banks were announcing a more asset purchases, yield were going down, was the sign of more liquidity, and equity was going up. Uh, and hence, uh, the price of bonds and the price of, of uh, stocks were negatively correlated. So any quantitative model looking at this period and trying to recognize pattern would be wrong applying this today. And that's the beauty of, I would say, using recent communication analysis, fundamental analysis, saying, be careful these days, the relationship has flipped. Maybe you don't have enough data point for a usual quant model to, to see that already. But because interest rate going up now is potentially impacting the valuation of companies um, negatively, uh, and also the prices of equity stocks have been high already, be ready for a reverse relationship, which is Indeed, as you mentioned, um, now we are in this world where if interest rate goes up, uh, stocks or expensive stocks at least may go down. And uh, that's the beauty of 
introducing recent analysis, fundamental analysis that is forward-looking and not just trying to recognize patterns that are in fact frequency analysis or correlation analysis. Here, we are looking forward, we are looking at new relationship and we can see new factors emerging. Whereas a quant traditional quant model, again, is good to react, but it's a reaction, it's not a prediction in many cases. And you don't want to, to, to drive by just looking into your rear mirror. You want to look forward. And this is where uh, the fundamental and the semantic is a very strong complement to quant. Would you, so would you wait more? Would you give recency bias to it? So if, if you know, such and such as, I mean, for example, I mean, and I may, may be looking too big picture with this, but things that would definitely believed to be true in economics in 2000 in 1973 are very much definitely not believed to be true in in 2021 so if you are using the entire history of kind of you know all the academic thought going back you know uh, 100 200 years however long um are you adding more weight to the current the current causality the current understanding of causality than 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 on the historical because surely the weight of literature going back would be just by number of quotes would be would be longer for the for the for the older stuff definitely there is a question of of weight of something which is more recent you don't want to to i would say to delete uh, the memory and to know that the relationship can be reversed and and inflation could be another good case um I would say one year ago, uh, two years ago, um, more inflation was a good thing because we were in a, in a situation where um, there was no inflation at all, uh, yeah. much below the 2%, and any uh, sign of inflation was in fact a good sign for the uh, associated currency, whereas uh, 20, 30 years ago or in the 70s, um, inflation was very bad, or it's still the case for emerging market currencies is very bad, it's a very bad sign, yeah. and it has a negative impact. So it's, it's, there is no single simple truth, and hence it's key indeed to build a knowledge graph that represents the current state of, of the economy and, and to be ready to introduce new factors, some that were um, already existing in the past, some that are new in, in the, uh, I would say, size of the impact they can have today on the economy, like this virus outbreak that appears very clearly on our, what we call the significance map um, in, in January uh, 2020. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's that's one of your kind of proofs of proofs of concept, because you were, your, your algorithm was sounding the alarm in January before perhaps uh, most people in the West had realized that this was going to be as big as it was going to be. Um, is there a reason, can you put, can you unpick as to why what your algorithm, the functionality which would have allowed it to see the uh, impending disaster um, when kind of most people couldn't. Yeah, just going back to um, the beginning of 2020 or even um, end of 2019, um, our model was um, um, quite cautious, um, flagging um, some risk in terms of uh, even like the um, kind of like a lot of tension between US and China, the trade tension. It was already uh, at the end of a 10-year rally, equity was extremely expensive. And it was at that point in time, 
due to um, a variety of reasons, not only because of um, what the model had seen um, uh, in, in the past with SARS or what, what it was actually capturing from what was happening already in Asia, which, uh, as you mentioned, Mark, in the West, um, people thought that um, uh, whatever is happening in Asia will remain there because that was what happened last time. Um, it, it was flagging a lot of different um, risk uh, factors um, and more specifically back then was the US-China trade tension that um, caused quite a lot of risk reduction uh, in the model in January, February. And that was during this period, um, which Francois referred to, that the um, equity and bond market were negatively correlated. There was um, still the notion of safe haven for, for um, uh, commodities like gold. And um, it started gradually not only reducing the global risk, but also um, creating some sort of an airbag with um, the decorrelated um, asset classes. We are we are a multi-asset strategy, so it was it was quite easy with uh, some currency pairs, which were um, uh, risk of currency pairs, and a, a few other assets started creating this um, kind of like a um, cheap airbag. So back then, it was not necessarily known that it was going to have also a positive expected alpha, but it was a cheap insurance um, at that moment because of all the tension that was seen um, from, from our NLP model. But more specifically, the complementarity of these two models together with the quantitative model that we used is what was um, essential, what was key uh, during the period of uh, crash last year. So um, indeed, to your point, um, inflation used to be a bad thing. Now it's a good thing. Um, nobody really knows if they are um, happy with it or not. There is like a um, quite a big division in, in the market about, about this notion. And um, these things change, um, I would say, like the, the forces from back and back and forth, like for and against, um, sometimes win, sometimes lose um, either side. So um, like having another layer of I would say like sanity, um, which is our quantitative model, um, was quite essential also back in January, um, February, March last year. Um, we we managed actually to go through the entire um, two months of um, February, March um, with a very small drawdown. And um, we, we continued to, um, we recovered um, uh, within like intramonth. Um, we had a positive month actually, and we continued to um, in, improve the performance, but with a very, very low level of work throughout the entire summer where um, equity was um, like, it, it bounced back very unexpectedly for for most people um it was for for our model one of the beauties of this model is that it says i don't know enough to make a decision so i i, I stay silent so it doesn't do much which could um seem a little bit counterintuitive when you see that the market is going up day after day but then around the election time again something that a lot of quant models said they were playing the momentum and they said, well, we had never seen this before with a massive W crash um, around the U.S. election because our model was um, uh, modest enough to say, I don't know what to do at the moment. I have nothing um, valuable to add, so I, I don't do much. 
So we, we managed to actually avoid the entire uh, W um, crash of the, the, around the US election. So it's a combination of everything. It's really not only the NLP part, it's also the quantitative part that adds value. And that was the entire idea from the beginning in Suzuki to um, merge the two in a way and also embed one of the other things not to forget is our risk management model, which is not a layer. It's embedded in every step of the process. And the, the combination of the three is what has kind of like created this, um, if I may say myself, a beautiful track. Um, mm. it, it, either of the three on their own would not do. And it's indeed like we, we do a lot of statistical analysis and we use a lot of market data as well. And that was the reason that a lot of um, strategies failed uh, last year during the crash that said we hadn't seen this pattern before. But our model, a combination of the three does not have this bias of if it hadn't seen it before, it can't predict it now. So you've developed a quantitative model with humility, which is, yes. which is ad- advanced indeed. Um but what is it? What is it? What does it actually look like in the end? Then, so what? What comes out of it? What is the? What's the product? Because at the moment, so you're thinking of you're planning to be developing this into kind of a hedge fund itself to be able to um, raise money and invest into the signals that you're finding. But what are you doing with the signals that you're getting at the moment? Yeah. So in fact, we initially. Um, wanted to as you mentioned create uh, since the beginning a proof um, that this um, uh, model and combination of all the components i just mentioned uh, was working so we started with prop money um, in uh, may 2019 to create our own track record and very early we we had in mind that to become a hedge fund there are lots of steps and you need a, a long track record and that an, an, a good uh, acceleration to to the market was to start a partnership with um, a bank and create an index so we would be a, a signal provider uh, to a bank and that this in, the bank would be in charge of calculating the index, publishing the index, and trading um, the uh, instrument associated with the index, which is uh, a total return swap for institutional investors. So very early, um, Société Générale uh, trust, trusted us. We had worked with them in the past, and we launched uh, uh, an index, uh, which is accessible to um, uh, potential investors that asked are asking for the access to this um, uh, indicator and index on, on Bloomberg. And so that enables us to create an official track with an independent external calculation agent some, somehow. And in parallel, we uh, started also an intermediate step, which is to uh, become uh, an investment advisor. We created um, we have a branch in EU, uh, in France, in fact, that uh, has the status of financial advisor. And this uh, um, subsidiary, uh, this sister company, I would say, uh, is uh, itself advising uh, institutional investor. And we use uh, a certificate with another partner um, uh, based in Switzerland, uh, Leon Tech, where we have a certificate where uh, a professional in, uh, investors can invest. And uh, the third um, business line that we have today is directly with uh, hedge funds. So today, hedge funds have uh, 
somehow realize that they lack uh, diversification in their portfolio. Uh, even the most sophisticated one, they have the the best one, I would say, have also the humility to recognize soon enough that uh, um, this exogenous source of data um, and the unique way we, we, we um, process this data uh, brings a lot of alpha. And we overall, we manage already today, uh, we advise, I would say, to be accurate, uh, 30 million. And we are about to add another fund of hedge funds and send signals to them. Uh, so we should be uh, close to 35 million very, very soon. So we have created an official track. Um, that is now published uh, on Bloomberg with Société Générale and on uh, Bloomberg Reuters and SIX uh, for um, the uh, certificate with, with Leontech. And so, and so, what's the plan? What does what does the what does the future look like from here? You've you've as you say, you've you've had this collaboration with um, with with Sockchain among other things, and you're you're kind of you're visible on Bloomberg. What's the um, what's the what's the next step? What's the what's the future? So we are now. Um... Uh, raising um, seed for for uh, our own fund. So the idea is that soon we will um, launch our own fund. And in the meantime, um, we do have actually uh, quite a few other products in the pipeline that um, uh, they are in collaboration with different banks. Um, and there is something else that we, we actually maintain to believe uh, that there is value in being such a um, a multifaceted player. So we we don't believe that as soon as we have our own fund, um, we, we should stop providing signals to all of our other partners or or stop this the index business. We we um, there are completely different types of audiences, different types of um, investors that we can sit in front of when we have the um, institutional image of being an index advisor to a bank as opposed to. Um, a, a hedge fund manager um, ourselves. So um, we are planning to maintain the two uh, lines of business, both the index advisory as well as the the fund. Um, it's been a very, um, as you can imagine, uh, quite a bizarre particular year. But um, the, the good news is that it has helped us because our, our, our strategy is not really back testable. And before the crash of last year, uh, whenever we sat in front of an investor, they asked us if we could back this our strategy back to 2008. And it was um, always quite an awkward moment to, to try to explain that this strategy can be back tested, but would be more of a um, kind of data fittings than actually a, an, an actual and uh, genuine backtest. So and um, now we have this live track record. We have gone through um, multiple market uh, regime changes um, quite successfully. Um, so we are at a very good point to um, to ramp up and and start our own our own fund um, as well as continue our collaboration with the Societe General and the two other banks that we are in talks with. So. The future looks good. We are hiring now. Um, what are you looking for? We are looking for um, actually um, quite well-rounded people. Again, something that um, um, people who um, would be uh, happy and successful working for us would be the people who understand um, the, the culture, the, the fact that um, things can be done differently compared to what they've been done historically in the industry and still make sense and be successful. So whoever is has got this um, 
a kind of like endless curiosity and asks as many questions as possible and questions everything that they are they are presented with uh, is more than welcome to 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 apply at Suzuja. We've we've gotten so much kind of like energy from all the people that we've been interviewing recently. Um, it's fascinating to see how a geophysicist. Um, could be um, um, so um, valuable in a team like ours um, just yeah. because the way of thinking um, is what we need and the rest can be taught um, the, the kind of like what is industry specific um, uh, all of these geniuses with, uh, with all of those degrees and research backgrounds um, can learn these things quite easily so what we are looking for is more of a person who can challenge think and and have um, initiative uh, themselves to to offer new solutions to everything every problem they find um, so that's that's next for us yeah fantastic well um, that sounds that all sounds very exciting very interesting and I think it's I, I think it's as a as a fan of novelty on this podcast I, I, I appreciate how how new some of the ideas that you're talking about are and and you know creating a modest model that knows its limits and and this blend of of, of various factors it's a um it's a it's a it's a very interesting proposition so thank you very much both for coming to share it today and i wish you the best of luck going forwards thank you thank mark. you mark